Welcome to the Real Estate Vidyan Podcast, episode number 13. I'm your host, Vishal Kapoor, Realtor. In this episode, we will be discussing how to file taxes for rental property with our special guest, Vivek Swaminathan, CPA, CA. Vivek is an expert in tax optimization strategies for owner-managed businesses and will provide valuable insights on navigating the tax landscape for rental properties. So, let's dive in. Welcome, Vivek. Great to be here, Vishal. Thank you for having me. Well, you uh, took your time. I know Shruti was here. Like she's like both uh, you, husband and wife, provides a great value uh, to my podcast. And uh, always, I need some information. You guys happy to share with me? So that's great. Well, I'm glad to help you any way I can. So I'm glad that. Uh, we've been able to have conversations and help your clients yeah yeah, yeah. no that's uh, that's amazing and that's what i call it like a network is the net worth um and uh, this network helped me getting uh not only giving providing me wisdom but also allowing me to share that wisdom uh with my clients with my audience and everybody around so uh, let's dive into the questions right away and sure. we talk about uh i know I'm being an investor, uh, and yes. I think you will be an investor as well. Yes. And the lot of pain, especially people who have like first rental property, for example, right? And they have no idea what to do and how to file taxes. Uh, yes. And sometimes people do their own, and sometimes people hire professionals like you. Correct. Um, so, my question is, what are the um key tax deduction that rental property investors should be aware of to de- to uh, maximize their savings well so the cra knows that everybody is not a tax expert correct so they release guides right. which are there to kind of help uh help tax preparers so you don't always need to consult a tax professional right but if you are comfortable if you have uh, a certain amount of expertise right so uh, the guide that i want to walk you through today right. is um called t4036 rental income oh, okay and it is a very good guide cra updates the guide every year okay and they usually issue the new guide in in january or february okay uh and as you know so personal tax uh, returns are due april 30th right uh if you have a rental property you have to report your rental income on that on your personal tax return correct um, assuming it's personally held right um and the the form number is the t776 t776 correct so all all of cra's forms are uh, available online Right. Uh, and the guides are available online so right. you can just google uh rental income cra guide and it'll uh, it will show up it'll right. show up yeah. um so if you are um a new uh, owner for, of a rental property right um this is a great starting point mm-hmm. um and it walks you step by step of what is required what uh income needs to be reported what expenses you can deduct and um and it's a really good overview mm-hmm. it it some i some concepts can be a little technical so right. if you are not uh, if you're not familiar with them i would always um 
suggest that you at least get maybe a consultation with an accountant Correct. and and figure out what your level of uh, comfort is with right. the form. And if you want somebody to take care of it or, or prepare it on your behalf, you can. Right. It is part of your personal tax return. Right. So when you so if you get your personal tax return prepared, the advisor will prepare this as well. And they will give you a list of documents that you should provide. And I will walk you through what those well, are. Well, that's, that's fantastic because <clears throat> the person... <clears throat> uh, but that's fantastic um, because I know the things which I don't know, I rather delegate or give it to somebody yes. who do it professionally day by day, right? Uh, because we're doing it like a once a year. And exactly, and yes. and a lot of time it happens. Like you know, it's take too time consuming uh, at the same time, and you probably miss something. Yes, uh, and which have some repercussion on that. Like if you don't file it properly, right? Yes, uh, I mean uh, your personal tax return CRA is going to come after you correct. If, if you don't file it correctly, correct. right? Or if they have questions, and you submit, uh, you submit. A response and they they're not happy with it then they can they can um, basically reassess your return right. saying we disagree this is we have disallowed these deductions yes and that is a real pain um, to handle right oh for sure so so it is a headache and and uh, the same thing uh, I'm anyone who's in professional services nobody knows everything you for need sure. to have a good uh, a group of advisors around you right I frequently consult with um, with other professionals, lawyers, uh, insurance advisors, uh, financial advisors, and realtors. We need for realtors sure. a lot of times. For sure. Because we need um, fair value estimates for tax calculations. So, right. um, or, or we need an appraisal. Right. So, so having, a network, having a network and having an expert like you is always, uh, we rely on other professionals all the time. Right. So, uh what I would suggest as a starting point to, to your listeners is right. um, just uh, start off with the guide. Mm -hmm. Know what you don't know. Okay. Figure out your comfort level. Mm -hmm. And if uh, and talk to uh, a lot of accountants offer like a, a free 15 or 20, 30-minute consultation. Right. And get a ga gauge what your requirements are. For sure. And if it makes sense uh, for you, um, it, it might be. Uh, like you said, it's a, if you outsource it, then it's it's free time in your pocket. Right? For sure. In your hands. So, well, I, I look into it like a, that way, like in any advice I'm getting it, like, you know, I, I rate my hours. Correct. Uh, how much, how much uh, that cost. Exactly. Um, and a lot of time it happens, people want to save money for a couple hundred dollars. Uh, they want to do this self and they're spending enormous amount of time, yes. not realizing that particular time because they don't value that time. Correct. Uh, and say like, you know, how much, and I always ask like people when they uh, looking for that, like it, how much your time worth? Exactly. Uh, $100, $200, whatever it is, right? Look into that and say like, no, I have the free time I can do myself. That's great. Like if you, if you are expert in it, that's great. But why I won't get surgery done by some part-time doctor? Correct. You right. Can. Or I won't do the surgery on myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, same way, like it apply to like a professionals as well. So correct. And there is a professional code which we have to adhere to. So right. so you are protected on that sense. Uh, so uh, 
we are uh, a regulated profession. So, right. I mean, um, our output would be, um, you would have recourse if there's uh, if there are any issues with, uh, we would take care of all of that. Correct. Right. So, um, so you do have a little bit of protection there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so what I would like to, t- what I'm going to talk about today, so the 776 is for your traditional long-term rentals. Okay. I'm not talking about short-term rentals like or Airbnb. the Airbnb stuff, right? The, now. That um, that will uh, cover later, maybe. That yes. we, we'll we'll talk about that briefly, but that right. is a separate conversation, right? Um, so the the seven seven six is what is the form that you need to complete for mm-hmm. your rental income, right? Um, and there's different and uh, like I said, the guide goes through a lot of scenarios. Most uh, most uh, properties. Uh, rental properties, husband and wife own it. Right. So it's like 50-50. Right. So, uh, so each pr- so each um, spouse has to show, has to report their share of the income. Mm. So if you're um, if you're charging two thousand dollars a month in rent, correct. Each each spouse will owe, will show one thousand dollars. One thousand each. So yes. you have to you have to split it 50-50. Um, same with the expenses as well, I guess. Right. Correct. So um, uh, exactly, same with expenses. Um, and what happens is um, even the tax, uh, so if you use a tax preparation software, you can, it should be able to allocate it. So right. you don't have to input, you don't have to do the calculation separately. Right. You can just put the total amount and right. then just say 50% allocated to the other spouse. Right. And it should do that. That will so, be, yeah. So that's that makes great. it easy, easier. And a lot of tax... Uh, a lot of the tax, uh, personal tax softwares are getting qu- quite good. Quite, so, uh, so that's what I mean. If you know what you're, if you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. th- that is a really good way to go about things. Yeah. Um, it's only when you have more complexity and uh, that um, that it might make more sense for you to get an advisor. Well, um, definitely, that's the uh, the great advice uh, which you are providing, and always like it's good to go with it. But like just like you mentioned, it because it's very simple guide. You can go through it. Yes. And if you're not comfortable with that, like you know, um, just consult your Correct. before you filing, consult your accountant. Yes. Well. It's a great resource. Yeah. Um, so well, uh, I just like to go over some of the expenses that you can deduct. That's and, that's the part which I want to yes. uh, listen as well. And how many times it happens every year? It happens. Okay, can I deduct this? Even I asked like last year. Correct. I asked that question again. So. Yeah. So there there is a listing. So the form basically outlines what what expenses you can deduct. Right. Um, and so I, I just have a copy of the form just as a, uh, right. j- just for my, but I'll walk you references through each, um, yeah, yeah, each, um, each line item on Perfect. that form. Perfect. So the expenses that you can deduct are on part four of the form. Mm-hmm. And all, uh, so the first expense is advertising. Mm. So if you have a rental property, so that's your fees, Vishal. Yes, they have. <laughs> so you engage a realtor. That's right. Right to to go and uh, to yeah. go and get get uh, to find you a tenant. Right. So in that case, those exp- those fees that you are incurring, you can so uh, you can deduct those. Correct. Um, and so that's a great uh, incentive for somebody to engage a realtor. Mm. Because, uh, that is one of, um, and I, you can talk about uh, the process that you, you uh, I'm guessing you do a lot of the legwork, you would vet the tenant, you would make sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. 
And yeah, so the process like the work on our side is, uh, is basically uh, not only listing on MLS yeah. uh, to attract and advertise like an owns to attract more uh, tenants. Yeah. Um, but also like when they come in, like when we do the whole scrutiny, um, I creep them out like in you know, all social media and everything. You have to, yeah. And look into that right now, uh, so many issues with the LTB and stuff is going on. So yeah. my job is to protect my clients, right? And Correct. my job is to uh, see they're getting the right uh, people. Uh, and we are, we are kind of like the matchmaker. Yes. Uh, we <laughs> are tenant and landlord and make sure they the tenant get their right property. And that's why I very, you know, uh, admit about like, you know, that you listed property with me that how cleanliness and everything is need to be immaculate because uh, that's how I see like and how how much you take care of your property. Yes. And, and if you're not taking care of your property, your tenant won't. So exactly, you, can't, yes. you, you can't expect them. If your grass is not cut and say, hey, yeah, that's fine. Like, you know, there's a little weed. Next thing is going to happen. Your tenant will go into the same. Correct. Right. Because that's how you're given to them. But if your grass is nice, your backyard is clean, uh, you're painted, you're all nails and everything is taken out and it's painted properly, guess what? They're going to take care of that as well. Correct. Right. And also you would have a, a lease agreement, right? right? So you would help prepare that, which outlines clear terms of what the rent is, what the expectations are. Exactly. So... So uh, getting back to the expenses, right? And that's yeah. the one item. Uh, yes. The second item is... So then the other item is your insurance. Right. So if uh, it's always good to have rental insurance. Correct. Right? Uh, so just to protect yourself, protect yourself uh, from... You mean like, you know, if I have the um, building... Yes. Um, and I need to have the fire insurance for sure. Correct. Right? Rental insurance or the liability insurance is the tenant's responsibility. Right. Uh, because it will cover their insurance, any... Right. But I'm I'm talking about just home insurance. Just home insurance, yeah. Right. Yep. So if you have a, a a policy just for the for the property, correct. Um, and that's always good to have. Right. So those premiums you can deduct. Perfect. Um, next is your interest and bank charges. I always, what I always uh, get from clients is, uh, yeah, I pay um, my mortgage payment is five thousand dollars a month. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I deduct that? Yeah. And I'm, well. The mortgage is a blended payment. Correct. Part of your payment is going towards interest. Right. Part of it is going towards your principal. So you're you're paying down your loan. Which uh, means like a next year, there'll be no filing of interest <laughs> deduction. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the rate, the way it's going. I know. It's and, uh, honestly, yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a big, <laughs> big deduction. I don't, maybe just from the rate increases, la, la, rental, la, we, rental property is going to get, uh, the I don't know what the expense Interest going to be profitable or not? Right, you're going to have a lot of rental losses, maybe. Yeah, um, but um, but yeah, the uh, so you can only deduct the interest portion. Correct, and and uh, so you a lot of mortgage statements actually provide that. Mm. So they will say this is the interest amount that you paid right. for the year, and usually it's an annual statement that your mortgage. Um, your your bank or whoever you have your mortgage with will provide right. So that is the amount that you can deduct. Mm. Um, and if you have a separate bank account that you are maintaining for 
your rental, rental. just to kind of keep things separate. Okay. Uh, and and uh, is that suggested? Like I says. If you have multiple properties, it might be the best the way, best to, way do to do it. it yes. Because uh, it's just so that you you kind of keep it separate from your personal. Any expenses goes out of that bank account. It just makes your bookkeeping and everything easier. easier yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely something that we would suggest. As your complexity grows, right. the more you separate the two out from your personal day-to-day, it, right. it makes the record keeping easier. Oh, for sure. For sure. And the other part is like in the property management. I know there are a lot of property yep. management uh, that can be deducted as well. Exactly. Yes. So if if you are having your fee, your, uh, um, well, I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, so, but yes, if you are, if you're getting your property, uh, property prof- uh, professionally managed by a property management company right. and they take care of all of that. Yes, definitely. Those expenses can definitely be uh, deducted. Can I put my daughter into that because she goes and drive over there, driving time from my to rental property to collect the checks? Can I do that? So you you can uh, so you can do um, to uh, you definitely you can uh, put travel time okay. if you are going to inspect the properties. Right, has to be reasonable. It can't be every day. It no, can be uh, once a month. Once a month, yeah. But if I have a troubled tenant, like and who's calling me every week to fix something, might have like a four trips. Well, and exactly, as long as you can support it, correct. So you, with the documentation, everything has to be documented, correct. With CRA, uh, so our tax system is a self-assessment system. Mm. So in a way, it is an honor system, correct. right? So it's you file your taxes, but CRA has the option to review. What mm. you have filed and right. check if you are filing it properly. Yeah, that is that's how the system works. Right. So uh, you can you you can file it for a few years and CRA doesn't come back. Doesn't mean they won't they won't come. And right. Just because yeah. you didn't get checked in the past four years doesn't mean the fifth year they're not. Maybe the seventh year they will come. Yeah. So you never know. They yeah, have an right. algorithm. They have their own. Uh, their own methodology. And they also look into the discrepancy as well. One year you traveled a lot, like the next year didn't. CRA um, has a pretty sophisticated system. Mm. So so automatically when there are big changes, like you said, it'll automatically kick kick out the, uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's a flag it, right? It'll flag it. Yeah. And certain uh, certain flags are just automatic letters. Yeah, a person doesn't even look at it. Right, it just issues the it letter and they issue, yeah. and then it's a review letter, and then you have to uh, support whatever mm-hmm. you put in. So, um, getting back, so office, if you have like certain supplies, let's say the office expenses. So, like let's say you've got you keep uh, like you, you print out invo- monthly invoices, some stationery, yeah, uh, that kind of small supplies. It's always small de- stuff. Yeah, yeah, you can deduct that yeah, as deduct well. Deduct as well. Um, professional fees. So this right. is where uh, you engage a professional, or uh, you you might need a, a you might need to engage a lawyer for some reason, just right. to just uh, to look over some agreements. Right. Um, any professional fees that you incurred to earn the rental income, mm. you can deduct. Right. Um, and management and administration fees. That is where you have the property management. Correct. So that's where you would deduct that. We right. kind of spoke about it briefly. I'm not yes. going to go into that too much. Right. Repairs and maintenance. Yep. So uh, any repairs and maintenance that you incur to maintain your property uh, in the in 
the state that um, that when you uh, when you put it up for rental, right? Uh, so uh, the toilet is clogged or the toilet doesn't work. You can get you so call he, a plumber. Here's a question for you, um, and maybe it's for my clarity as well. And, yes, and it comes like because of what you're telling me. So I decided to I bought this property. Uh, I have to do the, some fixer upper. Yeah, uh, I have to fix some things, and I bought like it's it's going to be rental property. Yeah, is those expenses I can claim on that, or so it will only expenses when this rental started. So there's two things, right? right. So what I would uh, so one is, um, are your expenses capital improvements? Mm. That is, are they uh, something that is gonna the benefit is gonna last for an extended period of time? Right, or are they immediate fixes, short, like small fixes. Yeah, like for example, like, you know, there was a carpet, like, you know, I don't want a carpet anymore. I right. rip up without the carpet and put the hardwood floor. Right. Right. That's an extensive renovation. So that's extensive renovation. Right. So that will... And act- your and the floors are now, uh, are going to be there with the house for the life of the house. Right. Right. So that is more, that is a capital improvement. Right. So I will get down, just let me just go through the expenses and then I will... I know I'll always them. jump over. Yeah, uh, and because my mind works that way. No, no, that's but I know good. Going to it's cover. good, but we'll get. I perfect. will get to the the capital part a little bit down the line. Okay, perfect. Um, so now repairs and maintenance is the small, the simple repairs. Right, this stuff to kind of just keep it. Uh, uh, like oh, oh, we're like there's like, a drywall issue. You just got you get somebody like to fence come and falling touch it off, off, like you know exactly. Just, a, just to maintain to the property in the same the way that you left it. Paint touch up, like you know, exactly. outside, like in the garage door. Um, so small general contracting contractors, work, right? Say. And also, does include the appliances and stuff, uh, fixing those so, as well. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yes, yeah. plumbing issue, anything, all, all of that. You all can the expenses, do. exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, now. Salaries and wages is that's more of a large rental property right, where if multiplexes and stuff. Correct. Like if you have some, if you have somebody on staff who's going to uh, who's going to take um, care of those, take yeah. care of that. But you can deduct those expenses because mm-hmm. that's again p- part of the rental. Right. Um, and property taxes, mm-hmm. which is great. So right. whatever your property tax you pay, you can deduct that, mm-hmm. and that is again something that you are paying just mm. to maintain your rental property. Right, right. Um, and uh, travel, which we just talked about. So if you need to inspect your property, yeah. uh, CRA has a uh, per kilometer rate mm. that they, that you can just uh, you can just Google the right. 2020, just say 2023 CRA kilometer mileage rate. Right. And it will, uh, it will give you, the, um, it's... Uh, a certain number of cents per kilometer, right? And uh, and just so you you from your house to your rental property, just map the number of kilometers, multiply that by the rate, and you can deduct that. Well, that's great. Like, also going to Niagara Falls. If I have Niagara, I have the property over there. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I can do that. How about the property, like an interprovince property? If I have, so for example, like, and I have the property investment in Alberta. And I have to, I don't go very often, but maybe I go uh, once that, a year. Or that is, um, so I mean, if if you're an Ontario resident, you have an Alberta property and you are going to, uh, um, you can, you, if it's a valid, uh, what I would say in that case is just document it, mm. that 
you are going that is have a, have a con uh, an email conversation with your tenant saying i am coming to inspect the property correct and it yeah can, it doesn't need to be like an it's going every month or you're doing vacationing no, over it, there it has and to be reasonable it's right? need to be reasonable all right. all expenses have to be reasonable right. so that so that and like you said if all of a sudden your travel expenses yeah uh, uh, you're now having a, a plane ticket <laughs> to go and see your alberta property right. it's going to be uh it's it, huge. it might get flagged so you yeah, have yeah. to be able to support it that's right, right. it's so, probably the more than the uh, the rental income what the rental you get maybe <laughs> who who knows right so <laughs> one that's a fair day, point right when so, they stay <laughs> yeah so uh, so that's so that uh, definitely so you have to go and uh, you have to be careful with that right um utilities right so, so i know the lease agreement will usually outline what uh what the tenant has to pay right. and what the landlord has to pay right only what the landlord pays so what that's what, what is your expenses oh, for yeah, most of the time is happen like a water heater rental these days like yes. you know, that stays on the landlord's name and right. they say yeah you pay for it but uh, sometimes they ask the tenant to pay for it right and those ones they cannot deduct right uh, but the one they paying Correct. They can deduct that, right? Correct. Pretty simple. Yeah, exactly. So whatever, yeah. if the tenant is in, if it's include, if the tenant is is taking care of those expenses, you cannot deduct it for sure. And that's that's basically it. Right. Um. Now, motor vehicle expenses, I would. Um, that is, um, I wouldn't. It's very restricted uh-huh. what you can. Uh, uh, right. What you can deduct. Uh, the guide does go into a little bit of detail on that. Um. and um i would suggest before you do motor vehicle you definitely should talk to um um an accountant right. just to make sure that you're on site right. it is a le- the rules are a little bit complicated on that right. i would i wouldn't recommend uh de- deducting it without consulting somebody well um, that's uh that's great to hear anything yeah. else on the expenses side so those are the main expenses right what i would also so when we, let's come back to capital improvements right so when you um so when you've purchased a, a property mm-hmm. right that um basically the, that is your tax cost of that property mm. so when you sell a rental property usually it's treated as a capital gain mm-hmm. you have to report that capital gain right. in your um um in your tax return right the when you make capital improvements to your property the mm. um, extensive improvements that you can add to your tax cost mm. so it reduces your capital gain when you sell it mm. down the line okay so that's where it goes so it's not a deduction for rental property purposes mm. but it is just uh it is an addition to your tax cost your it's called the adjusted cost base uh-huh. so acb of your property right so it's an addition to that here's a question came out like on the from real life example sure um i had the rental property for like 10 years yep um and now i want to sell that property yes but because of the rental property i have to do some improvement i have to refresh it in order yes. to sell it for better price exactly yeah so that cost which i am doing the improvement now i have to change the carpet i have to change the paint yes. stairs you know some needed some fixing yes a furnace i might have to replace it yes. roof i have might to have to change it all these things cost which i put in there and now i'm selling my property that particular cost can i claim 
that will be added to your uh, to the so what you whatever you purchase the property for right plus your uh, land transfer tax plus your legal fees whatever that is your tax cost that is right. the starting point right now whatever you have incurred your right. your renovation costs right you add that to mm. that original cost right and that becomes your full adjusted cost base wow, and then that you can deduct so whatever you sell it for you have a higher amount to deduct mm. so your capital gain is lower nice nice well that's uh, that's a great advice and great uh, wisdom for a lot of investors out there or people who are thinking of investing yes. um and talking about investing like you know it's not many positive cash flow properties these days but at the same time uh, i think in the current market there's a lot of opportunity for long term investment if somebody have cash i know yes. uh mortgage is not getting approved people not getting i know uh, it's uh, you know they they not they not getting approved because they cannot afford it correct uh, but if somebody have like the cash or sitting on it like um, it's very good time to get some great deals actually yes um well that's a great one um now i'm going to talk about like you know what are some common mistakes that rental property investors make when it comes to tax it and how can they avoid them the number one uh, mistake is not having documentation right right so uh, like i said um cra can come back at any time right. and and review your expenses mm. so uh where if you have a rental property uh the best thing to do is be organized mm. have all your what i would um you don't need to have paper mm. cra is very good very digital mm. you can upload documents so what i would suggest is just make sure at the end of the year just scan everything right. and then just summarize it in a spreadsheet right. maintain that spreadsheet going forward just put a tab for each year mm. so uh for example your utility expenses make sure you have all of that scan it right same thing property taxes your your main expenses the ones that you're going to have every year your right. mortgage interest make sure you have you just scan your mortgage statement mm. have that so just be organized and uh because keep the trail of your paper records you, you definitely need a paper trail. any repairs you done uh repairs invoices sure. repairs invoices and everything that is one thing that cra looks a lot into mm. and uh, and you it has to be reasonable and right. you have to make sure that you have everything uh, covered well they that's the thing like you, know, you cannot just say that i did that repair and it was like the handyman who did it who didn't give me the invoice i paid cash exactly um you cannot do that Uh, and and a lot of people unfortunately do pay cash and uh, because it might they think it's it's cheaper uh, but but there is a cost because if there isn't a receipt to support the expense it will be disallowed for sure right right so i would um so play just keep that in mind when when you're taking like if you need uh, if you need to support an expense there needs to be a receipt a valid receipt and that's the point like you know hiring a professional to have a lot of benefits which people don't look for um and same come with the contractors or any handyman you're doing it right if they are not licensed uh, or they're not yes. uh, um able to provide the or insured, taxation or insured, insured because thing is right, right? Yeah. we we just talk about that like you know uh, with my insurance um, uh, broker about that as well about the liability when uh, when those trade workers coming to your house and fixing yes. things and if some accident happen 
Yeah. And also in the workmanship as well. Exactly. Um, you so. get what you pay for, Vishal. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. It is, it is what it is. But that's, that's just real life. Right? Yeah. You get what you pay for. Sometimes um, if uh, if the quality isn't there, you're, you're, it, 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 it's going to. It's going to affect you somewhere, right? Correct. So. Yeah. Um, one other thing I just wanted to, um, to just talk about, um, because you, you might have, you might come across this. Yes. Um, this is an issue when you change the use of, let's say you, so you have your primary, your principal residence. Right. This is your main, your main house. Right. And now you purchase a rental property. Correct. Right. And let's say. Because you or you purchase another property, you move to there and you make this and as now a you make this a rental. You remember property. my case, like that's why you're talking yeah. about, right? Now. Yeah, <laughs> but this is a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of uh, th- there are a lot of steps that need to be t- that's right. to take yeah. place to protect yourself. I, I didn't know that, like, and then the starting yeah. that I have to file the election. That's what you're talking about, right? right? Yeah. yeah. So what happens is when you change the use of your property, mm-hmm. even though nothing has happened right for tax purposes right it's as if you sold that property mm. for at the fair market value at the time of the change in use mm. a lot of people are not familiar with these rules no and i would um so if you are ever considering uh, uh buying that is you, you uh, basically convert using your you're just upgrading your house like up, basically exactly yeah. upgrading if you if you're ever upgrading your house and your previous house is now a rental property. Right. Seek tax advice mm. on this because mm. there is an election. Mm. Uh, it is called a uh, subsection 45 sub 2 election. Mm. And what it allows is uh, it's it if you f- file this election, it basically says that I, I didn't change the use, the change the use of my property. Mm. So that property is still available for the principal residence um, exemption. Mm. And it is still, um, you don't have that deemed disposition mm. when you change the use. Mm. It's a very powerful election mm. and it gives you a lot of uh, flexibility down the line. Mm. But if you don't file this election, mm. it can be late filed, but the maximum number of years, I think it's, it, it goes back up to 10 years that you can late file it, I believe. I will confirm that for, right. for you. But there's a huge penalty mm. for late filing that election. It right. go, the maximum amount of that penalty is $8,000. Wow. If you backdate the election. Mm. So uh, seek the, so this is where I mean, that is seek the advice Right and and um, basi- basically save yourself hardship down the line. Oh, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. And there's also another election called a f- subsection forty-five sub three election, which is if you're changing your rental property mm-hmm. into a principal residence. Right. And again, uh, I would I just wanted to just bring this to your uh, listeners' attention. Right. But. These are uh, these are options, and this happens all the time. Yeah, that somebody upgrades their house and puts their house for um, for rent, and they don't know that there's the they have to file the election. The, well, if they don't file the election, it's as if they sold the previous house. So mm. then you basically have to claim the principal residence exemption to, to uh, so you get a bump up in your cost base, assuming um, assuming that. You, uh, the value has gone up from mm. when you purchased it. Right, right. So, if you purchase the prior uh, house at five hundred thousand, 
you change when you change the use at seven hundred fifty thousand. There's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar gain. Correct. Which you need to report if you don't file the election. Right. And people don't know about that. Mm. Right. Right. And right. then CRA can come back and and it could be it could have a lot of. Well, they get the money out of, of you. Correct. So so uh, that's one thing that I just wanted to bring to your um, listeners' attention that it's something that um, you need to. Uh, you need to know about and uh, at least uh, know that you should seek uh, professional advice on that. Well, that's true. Like, and I, it, it's not only a real estate investment. Any kind of investment you're doing it, like, you know, you need to know about the tax implications on them um, and what you can do to protect yourself from the very starting. Know the strategy, and that's why you know you sit down with the. Uh, CPA and uh, tax consultant to have that strategy. So in that way you can benefit because ultimately it's the net operating income. That's what we look for. A return of Correct. investment. That's what we want to look Without for. Without a right? doubt. Yes. Right. So it's very uh, advantageous that way. And you can save thousands of dollars if it's not millions. Right. In some cases, like maybe millions. No. Well, I, all it's just, like good advice pays for itself. Oh, for sure. Is all I is all I would say. Right. That is, uh, if you have a good advisor, they will. Uh, they are like the. Uh, it's it's uh, somebody watching over you and guiding you. Right. It's like you're a ship navigating icebergs. At least somebody's piloting and telling you turn right, turn left. Like oh, sure. telling you well what your uh, what the pitfalls are and protecting you from. For sure. Like I call it like a GPS, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's it's just like GPS, like you know, protecting you. Well, moving on to my third questions, um, are there any specific tax strategies um, that rental property investors can utilize to increase their net operating income? Well, the you want to make sure that your rental properties are are adequate, like properly priced, right? Mm, mm. In the sense that you want to review market conditions, make sure that you're charging fair rents. And um, um, because there's only, the, how do you maximize rental income? It's either your, uh, I mean, your your bottom line. Either you increase your, pro, pro, <laughs> increase what you Which charge, you can't right or you now. increase because, your expenses, right? Yeah, because we had the cap, anything before 2018, November yeah. 2018 was purchased, like those have cap on it. Right. Uh, and those ones we cannot, this year's 2.5%. Stuck. Uh, you stuck. Um, but also, like in those mortgages these days, it's more than what they yeah. were paying before. So landlord suffering, like in today, I was just put the article on that, like there's, lawyers are afraid there's, approximately 60, I think 77% yeah. eviction notices increase. Correct. So that's that's huge. And that's why, because landlord also going under some financial hardship. Yes. Um, so when you're doing the investment, because when they did the investment, that time was looking pretty good and they were not looking into that as going to be this tough uh, and people keep on borrowing money and they haven't done their planning properly. Uh, so that's why it's very important to have the financial planning. People always think when they get into that situation, um, they don't think in advance. They don't become proactive. So I will say, like, you know, be proactive and looking at the advice which we are providing. Uh, these are great. But again, as a disclaimer, like, uh, this is not 
the legal advice or financial advice and do the consultation with your professional um, before you make any decision or make an informed decision so yeah. i will say so you need to um you, you need to make sure um like do a little bit of analysis to see if it's uh, if it's worthwhile right. investing in an investment property for because, sure uh like you said one of the biggest costs is your interest expense and that's the interest rate has really spiked right and it has made a lot of um of existing rental properties uh not profitable so, mm-hmm. so you have to uh you have to have a, a risk mitigation uh strategy in mm-hmm. place uh, as with anything so, right right um yeah i i think like it's a very appropriate time to talk about this one over here like it's on I can't believe the year is almost going to over two and a yeah. half months left. Yeah. And then we all talk in the tax season. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's a great timing. If you have then uh, some investment and you want to do some correction, um, this is a great wisdom to provide. So in terms of um, increasing the net operating income is basically keeping the records of all, all the things, right? Make uh, sure you have good records. Make sure that you're trying to, um, uh, to minimize uh, like, like uh, to if you want your income to be more more like minimize your expenses uh mm-hmm. but uh, everything prices of everything has, are going up so uh yeah. it, it's a tough situation uh, right now um it, you just have to try and manage manage uh, you have to sm- the best you, you have can. to manage it smartly right exactly, uh, yeah. things which you were letting it go before yeah. uh you might have to look closely Correct. Review your finances. Review your, uh, you know, your future plans, yeah. and where you're going to do. And sometimes it happens; it's not uh, feasible to keep it, and rather than sell it, right? Correct. Um, so that analysis is very important. Uh, if you need any rental analysis or anything, you can always uh, reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to Vivek, um, and happy to provide that information to you guys. Um, we talk about that like and we're not going to talk about too much but still want to do because it's new thing UST yes um so are there any recent changes in tax laws that rental property investors should be aware of and how might they impact their investments so one of the this is not an income tax it is a brand, it's a completely separate act it's right. called the under underutilized um, housing tax UHT mm. right and it the government has just introduced it it was uh actually october 31st is the filing deadline it was april 30th they extended it to october 31st because there's a lot it was brand new legislation so a lot of people don't know about it a lot of a lot of people don't know about it and professionals are trying to uh trying to advise their clients that um they that a filing might be required well what is special about the UHT is that even if you don't owe any tax you yeah. still have to make this filing if you don't qualify under one of the exemptions right what well, what is usually caught is if you have your rental properties in some kind of structure mm. so if you have it in a um, in a corporation right a partnership or a trust right so some so uh, at the not you're not owning it individually mm-hmm. and if for immigration purposes you are not a um a canadian citizan or a yeah, canadian pr right. 
right? Even if you're non-resident, it doesn't matter. It's right. all about citizenship. Okay, yeah. So it, 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 for foreign buyers, right? For, cor- correct. For so, so exactly. So if you are a foreign national, mm. uh, they, they, you have to make this filing. Right. So uh, the, it, it is, um, so that, that's what I want to just, I advise, just inform clients about is, um, or our, our viewers about is that the, that there is this new reporting requirement mm. um, uh, as it is due the end of October. Mm. Just uh, please try and uh, if, if you are not sure, at least just maybe have a consultation with a professional. Right. Uh, but if you have rental properties, just to see if this applies to you and get somebody to. Uh, yeah. So just a brief, that. just a brief thing. What kind of property can, or what kind of situation then um, the UST they have to file? So if, uh, like I said, let's say that you have a rental property which is in a corporation. Okay. So the corporation, so there might, like I said, uh, because it is not owned by an individual and mm-hmm. the corporation is on the land registry office um, right. uh, is uh, as the title holder, Right. now you have to file this return Mm. You might not owe any tax, so it, it just checks. Okay, is this is this property adequately rented? Uh, there's some right. things it's looking at. So you might not have to file it. Uh, you might not have any taxes owing. Right. But if you don't file this this return, right. there's a five thousand dollar penalty. Wow. And uh, and it can go up to ten thousand dollars. So it is very punitive for not filing the return. Mm. And that is what uh, we're trying to t- tell. Uh, and anybody who listen or anybody who people need to get advice on this mm. and consult with somebody or at least um, in, in educate themselves on on this there's on this, a lot yeah. of uh, if you just google uh, you right now unknowns right yeah but if you CRA has tried to uh, put out publications like the guide I told you for the rental property right because it's so new they don't I don't know if they have a, a formal guide yet mm. But they are trying to put information out as a starting point. Just read that, and then uh, and go from there. But like I said, when was this? Form, co- when was this form was released? You know, do you know? It would have been released just. Uh, uh, it was early this year. Oh wow! And 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 it this legislation was just released late last year. Mm. So it is very new, and it is uh, there's a lot of work. You yeah. need to be careful. Um, yeah. That if you are caught under this, right. make sure that you file. Well, uh, I hope like you know your tax advisor or your accountant or CPA will advising you on this um, to protect you from any uh, repercussions on this one. Um, we, you said that like we can do the full podcast episode on UST. Uh, it, it it is uh, it is very complex legislation. Right. So so yes, it is uh, that that is why I would strongly recommend this also being the first year. Mm-hmm. I would strongly recommend that you get uh, tax advice on this. Well, that's uh, that's uh, thank you for, you know, uh, giving that heads sure. up like what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, I have to look into I have I don't have under at corporation so mine is pretty clean. Uh, in that sense, it might not apply to you. It doesn't apply okay. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other question I have: Can you provide some advice on structuring rental property investments to minimize taxes and maximize returns? Well, uh, it so 
if you have multiple rental properties, right. it is um, for your tax return purposes, it is all pooled. Mm. So um, uh, what I would suggest is if you're holding the rental properties personally, right. do not take any depreciation on them. Because mm. if you take depreciation, any capital cost allowance, mm. which is called CCA, mm. it then then you can't file the uh, 45 sub two or 45 sub three elections. What that's one of the okay. that's one of the requirements that you have not taken any depreciation on those mm. properties. So that is what uh, that is one thing that I would uh, always say: if you have a rental property, do not take depreciation on it unless you know for a fact that yeah, you are going to run a rental property business. Like it, it is a um, it's not a property that you are thinking of moving, making your principal residence down the right. point, making it again your principal residence. Right. Or it's not a property that you, you change. That is, once you have changed the use from, um, from uh, principal residence to rental, right. you're not going to change it back and you're never going to designate it back as a principal residence. Then um, um, you don't need to, uh, you, you can take CCA. Okay. But again, this is something that you should talk to an advisor on. Okay. Uh, if you can take it. But rule of thumb, I would say, is don't take depreciation until you talk to somebody. <laughs> And then and then make that decision at that point. Well, we while we're talking about that, like you know, something came to uh, it was in my question as well. What do you suggest that how many properties um, I should have to be in the corporation? I know you can buy the one property in, in the corporation as well. So. Uh, and is the advantage or disadvantage? So if you have the biggest. Um, the biggest tax saving that you have is in Canada with real estate is the principal residence exemption mm-hmm. because it exempts uh, your principal residence as long as you ordinarily inhabit. There are a few technical rules. Right. It's not as simple as, oh, that's my house. Right. Right. Uh, you, you need to look into it. Mm-hmm. You can designate one property per year as your principal residence. Mm-hmm. And if you designate the same property for as long as you've owned it, you don't pay any capital right. Your entire capital. But how about if I did the basement rental? The basement rental doesn't matter. That's okay. a, because you're not changing the um, the status uh, of the status. So you have to change. So change in use is well, like over fifty percent, primarily greater than fifty percent of your uh, house is being changed. Right. So basement rental actually, you it still would qualify as your principal residence. You're still okay. Okay. Um, so later, but, remind me, I have a question about that. But yeah, uh, yeah. continue. So now, uh, so that is the big thing is your is your principal residence exemption. Right. If you put the property into a corporation. What? It's a problem. Uh, I just can't remember the term. You, you can continue. Okay. Sorry. So, so if you put a pro- property into a corporation, right. uh, you don't get the principal residence exemption anymore. Mm. So that is, so there, there's a lot of care. Um, on structuring, I would highly recommend that you speak to a tax advisor before moving forward. Mm. If you have multiple properties on right. the optimal structure, right. I would say that the, the yes, you can put it in a corporation, you can put it in a trust, you can right. you can set it up different ways. Mm. Each one has its pros and cons, but that is a more detailed discussion. That um, I would say you, it's better to get like uh, advice which is customized to your situation. Okay. Well, yeah. so it, it doesn't matter, like, you know, uh, 
you can have the corporation for one property and if you want multiple party you can do the corporation as well yeah um it just depending upon your scenario what kind of property it is uh, there's so many factors, factors that uh, it is it is really difficult to give generic advice that fits well, well, one size fits all right uh, and especially when you're talking about a lar- like a large investment like a, re- a rental property is is a large percentage of one's investment portfolio mm. usually right. right so you want to make sure that you're covered and it's the right product for you and the right investment for you so um talking to an advice a financial advisor a tax advisor mm. there's so many there's so many aspects mm. um so so yeah so i would say you you need to educate yourself mm. and go from there and well, seek advice uh before you proceed um it it would it would guide you in the best way right um the question which i was going to mention because yep. now it's allowed to have a second dwelling yeah um and uh in second dwelling scenario uh even like a, a basement apartment basement is like as a second dwelling some people doing this professionally legally and some yep. people not doing it also in in toronto like gta like in a second dwelling it's a, you know you can if you have a detached garage in the back and they converting into you know a triplex duplex triplex or something triplex, like yeah. that yeah. um tax implications and what they have to well there is tax implication basically what they have to look into well, in terms of as long as so that is more of the zoning and uh, you want to make sure yeah, yeah, property so, tax might increase for sure yeah so so it's just each one is a, is a separate individual unit right so on the 776 you fill two separate forms mm. that's all it is and then it and then it will all be aggregated Lovely. so it's pretty much simple like the the multiplexes right yeah yeah so multiplexes like they have different so there is so yeah, so it is each a separate rental unit mm. so you just have to account for the rental uh, the expenses and the rent separately and that's how it work in multiplexes as well right yes so, yes oh. yeah the uh, when talking about the multiplexes like you know because we're talking on the rental uh i know up to 6 they come into like a residential yeah. if there is and over 6 is commercial Uh-huh. Yeah so uh once it's com- so residential rents uh lo- long term residential rents are um are exempt mm. for for so GST HST is the excise uh, tax act right and personal taxes is your income tax act correct so they're two separate taxes yeah and they have separate rules and um so and excise tax like income tax what i find is guided by like general principles right so you you have some like some concepts mm-hmm. excise tax acts uh, is um is much more nuanced and like purpose driven taxes right so uh, so uh, you have to be a little careful of um you need uh, to get specialist advice on that right so once you are on commercial rents mm. you have to start you it, it does you if you are, if they're over 30000 you have to charge hst on it right then you have to do hst filings and all that okay so that is a separate conversation but we can go into that i know like that's a lot of stuff like which you can do talk yeah. about um i just want to say like you know these are some great advice uh, which you provide in the wisdom to our Uh, yeah clients 
Anything you want to add? At the I, end? I so uh, all I it's just I I the purpose of this podcast is just to kind of just give an overview of what the tax implications of owning a rental property are, right? And how to manage it. Mm. Uh, as you can see, we've we've talked about an hour, and I've only kind of gotten into just like that's right, little bit, like right? huge subject, um, right? So. Yeah. So I think I've done like maybe like. 10 pages of the guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, and it's like a 40, And how many pages? It's 40, probably 40, 50 40 page pages, guide, right? Yeah. So, uh, so there's a lot of information there. Right. And there's a lot that people need to know. Um, and it, it's hard to know everything, like like I said. So, right. Um, Depending upon the scenario when it comes in, yeah. that's you have so, the question. So it may, definitely makes sense to, uh, um, as a start, just maybe consult with an advisor once you get comfortable or more familiar. And if your situation hasn't changed and you're comfortable doing it on your own, then by all means. For sure. But uh, protect yourself initially, I would say. It's always good to just get advice. People are hesitant because they're, they're worried about fees. But honestly, I would put, I wouldn't call, yeah, advisor fees, I would like to switch the mindset from it being a cost Right. an investment right yeah and a protection for you so i would say it's more of an insurance right that uh, for for you to not structure to some structure something improperly at the start and then spend double or triple trying to fix it yeah yeah no that it's always like you know good to be proactive and getting those professional advice in the starting it's too late after you do that um i remember the other day <coughs> uh I was visiting somebody's house and they they started renovating their basement. Yes. And uh, they say like, you know, come and look into it. And I looked and went over there. My realty, realtor eyes came out and I said, why you did this? Why you put the kitchen over here and why you put the living space over here? You killed the living space. You have less now. Right. And they said, oh, um, Mike, I thought like this would be like, that's what you thought. Like, you know, now you're calling me. You could have called me before. I don't charge anything for giving that advice um, because I look houses every day and also know like what my buyer or what my tenant will prefer. Yes. If you're doing that kind of stuff, like, you know, have that consultation. I know the contractors are there, but the contractors are there. Like sometimes they are not designers. They don't know what the flow, what you're going to tell them, they're going to make it. Right? Correct. So having the professional advice is such an important thing. And sometimes for saving a little bit of money, we lost the sight from like a long-term how much saving we can do. Correct. With that, I'd like to thank you again, Vivek, uh, for coming over. And definitely we're going to do more future episodes because investment is like one of my favorite subjects. And uh, we're going to talk more about it in coming uh, months and years, uh, all about it. So thank you for watching. And Please give us your comment and advice. Um, how are you liking this podcast? Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And we will keep providing you some valuable insight from our valuable guests who come over here giving the precious time uh, so you can benefit from, from that. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful day. Bye for now. Disclaimer. The information provided in this podcast is for informational purpose only and should not be considered as financial or investment advice. Consult with your professional before making any real estate decisions.